0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Tiffany Hoyd, and you're
1: listening to Hogs Havens Riled Up. As always, we are proud to bring you the hottest red skin topics, With a college kid, Gen Z, only if your sibling was in a millennial, twist. Speaking of college, we have a very, very special guest with us here today. He graduated from the illustrious Morgan State University in spring of this year. Congratulations to all the grads of Morgan State University. We have here Isaiah George. He was a Rodent Fellow and podcast co-host for ESPN's The Undefeated. He was born in Washington, D.C., raised in Temple Hills, Maryland. He's a D.C. lifelong sports fan. I've been engaging with him on Instagram, seeing what he's saying about our beloved Redskins. I said, why not have him on the show? Welcome to the show, Isaiah. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Of course, of course. Now, I've been watching your Instagram story. And you're a vested Redskins fan for some time. I've known this, but you've been a little disheartened, like the rest of us. It's been tough.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it's 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 tough to see, you know, being a, a lifelong fan and, and understanding the troubles of this team. But I mean, hey, I'm I'm there through through and through, man. It's it's it's, it's hard to watch, but I'm I'm always there week to week. And you
1: know what's so crushing about the Redskins right now is we just won and it still doesn't feel like we're winners
0: yeah and and to be honest and I I tell people about this all the time like you can you can see where you can go wrong in a lot of losses or or wins sometimes like that game one we only scored 17 points against probably the worst defense in the league right Mm -hmm. and not only that once Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and yes Fitzpatrick is who he is it's still the fact that a veteran quarterback came in and then carved us up by hitting us for checkdowns the entire game and like we play zone coverage so much and, and we get beat by the small stuff and it's like there's no adjustment made it's almost as if Jay Gruden was still there like no adjustment made on the defensive side by Greg Manessi in that defense again and we almost lost that game so I mean that that tells you it right there like it's a win and you'll take it but it's like it, it shouldn't have happened
1: I know on Roundup Up we haven't got a chance to talk about the departure of Jay Gruden that we were actually in support of because of the fact that if you don't have a history of success it's time to go Um, We would like to see the GM possibly step down. But we talked earlier about potential coaching candidates. I brought up someone like Pat Schumer or Eric bien or even Pete Carmichael. But these are offensive-minded guys. I know you wanted a defensive-minded guy, perhaps.
0: Yes. So, like, my my thing is, like, and I I get it, you know, the big names are always going to be the offensive guys. But when you look at it around the league – the, the leagues I mean excuse me the teams that are doing well right now when you look at the Patriots who are undefeated great defense have a running game a balanced attack on offense you look at the San Francisco 49ers who we're coming up against this week a great defense a good running game and a balanced attack on offense. The Packers, even though they just had that Monday night debacle that ended up getting them that game, you they have a great defense a running game and a balance attack on offense, and I think that comes from having a, a defensive mind, defensive minded set when you're, when you know, a mindset when you're trying to build a team. And I think that's why it would help to get a defensive minded coach. I know one of the earlier rumors, once Jay Gruden was gone, was obviously Mike Tomlin, and I don't see him leaving Pittsburgh no, anytime be Pittsburgh. soon. Be- yeah, I don't see him leaving Pittsburgh anytime soon. If he did, it would be because of the the uh, the position of quarterback, they don't necessarily know which way they're going. If if they let him go, but I don't see that happening. Um, But I would love a guy like that because, one, the type of culture that he's going to bring, right? The standard is the standard. Um, And he's a defensive minded coach. And there's way too much talent on the Redskins front seven for us to be as bad as we are. And, and when you look back at it, that comes from that coaching on that side.
1: Here's the thing, though. This is an offensive-minded league. And all those teams you mentioned, yeah, they have great defenses, right? But they also have amazing quarterbacks that were able to put them in position to where all the GM needed to focus on was defensive weapons. But Roethlisberger was in, it was in uh, Pittsburgh before the defense got together. Those are things that you're able to put in place once you have a steady offense, you have an offense that... It's centered around a quarterback you can trust. Now, you can can look at it from a perspective of Dan Quinn with the Falcons, right? The Seahawks had the best defense in the entire league. They were stacked. They were three deep at every position. They said Dan Quinn is going to go to the Falcons. They're going to be a defensive powerhouse, and they're going to be winners. Not only are they not a defensive powerhouse, their offense sucks.
0: Well, when you look at it, the difference between that Falcons team and that Seahawks team, right? Especially when Quinn was there, they had Marshawn Lynch in one of the best running rushing uh, offenses. So they didn't need well, to Well the Falcons have Freeman.
1: Punches, huh? The Falcons have Freeman. I'm not to compare him to Lynch. I'm just so saying the, they have well, a Russian.
0: And exactly what I was about to say. Freeman has he Freeman can't touch Marshawn Lynch on any day. And Marshawn, when you look at Devontae Freeman, while he is a, a, a versatile back, he's not a workhorse. He's not. He's had one year where he's had great success and a couple of okay years. When you look at his production, he is not a workhorse back. And that's the difference. And when, in going back to your original thing about the great quarterback, while Tom Brady, yes, he is one of the greatest of all time. He has age. That doesn't mean he's trash, but he is not the same quarterback that he was. So he relies on that rushing offense a lot. That's why they use so many running backs, and those running backs are able to do as much as they can. And he is now turned into more of a, a, a check-down quarterback, but still he's good enough to get, to get to those. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo came from that Patriots team, and yes, he's he's a good quarterback, but when you look at that first game against Tampa Bay, look how many picks he had, right? Look at It looked like he struggled, Adjusting. and in, in the preseason, we knew that was going to happen because we saw how he struggled in the preseason when they tried to run the offense directly through him, and I think the next game was against Cincinnati. They ended up blowing them out, but he still had a bad game where they tried to run the offense through him. Then they realize the weeks after that, hey, we have Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman Two running backs that give us two different things but do it pretty well. Let's run the offense through them. Since then, they've made the offense easy for Garoppolo. Garoppolo doesn't have to try to throw 30 times a game to win. He's going to hand it off to those two, hit play action like Mike, uh, Mike Shannon, Kyle Shannon used to do with Robert Griffin third to make the uh, offense easy. So Garoppolo has it easy there. And when you look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is right now the best out of all these guys that I just named. But still, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do everything because of the running offense that they now have that Adam LaFleur has implemented in that team. But also, when going back to the defense part, when you have a good defense, you also want to have a good, a good rushing attack. Because now you're keeping your defense off the field longer if you're able to run the ball more that's just those are just facts and while mm-hmm. yeah those quarterbacks are good you've got to have a good defense and you still have to have a good rushing attack even if it's by committee in this league we're we're enamored with the guys like right like uh Patrick Mahomes and and the guys coming in with a new air raid offense like Kyler Murray but it's still the football is still the same sport you still need a good defense and a good rushing attack to be able to be good in this league
1: or the elite teams. And it's shown in the first couple of weeks of the season. Now, you definitely need a good defense to win football games. But when it comes to a championship caliber team, you're going to need a good offense. You're going to need a superior offense. You're going to need a superior weapon on the offensive front. Now, whether that's a quarterback, which I think primarily it is, because you can look at the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, He's been understaffed as far as the quality of wide receiver he's had, but he's able to facilitate things because he's that guy. Now, if you have a threat, you have a coach that is thinking, okay, I have to put offensive weapons together, pieces together, your defense is going to catch up. If you focus solely on the the defense, you're going to end up with something like the Chicago Bears right now. Mr. Visconti is not going to get them to the next level. And that's because the Chicago Bears are a team, a organization, coaching staff that is in throughout history primarily focused on a defense. Defense can only do so much.
0: But here's here's the thing with with that team. While they focused on the defense which was the good part, they made a bad pick and a bad decision in Trubisky when it was time to focus they on the offense. They always cut They focused on the offense, <laughs> and they made a bad decision because who were the two guys behind him in that same round, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and... Oh, yeah, they, uh, they, they missed. Am I they missed.
1: Am I right? Yeah, they missed.
0: Right? So, so they missed, and they went on a guy who only started one year in college. So that that's where they went wrong. But still, when you look at that offense that offense has Allen Robinson, that offense has Tariq and that offense has David Montgomery, Like that offense has Taylor Gabriel, that offense has weapons that can work. And you see that even with Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel is a backup and he's a spot starter, but he's able to use some of those things. So if they would have
1: but all made of the this right is... decision
0: on the quarterback, they would have been a great team. It was just that they chose wrong when it came to getting a quarterback. That's it. That's 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 the fine line for the Chicago
1: Bears. All of this is settling, though. The Washington Redskins are, at, are in a position right now where you have an opportunity to bring a new coach in, potentially a new GM, and you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle, okay, let's just get a good defense. No, if you get an offensive-minded coach, that coach is going to come in. He's going to identify the proper quarterback, whether he's going to be able to— um, bring Dwayne Haskins up to the speed he needs to be at in order to succeed in this league. He's not—he's going to know when to throw him in the game, when to take him out as far as a young guy. Of course, this is all hypothetical. I don't think they're going to bring anyone in before the end of the season. I think they're going to ride it out with the interim head coach. But I'm saying you need a guy that's going to come in and treat our offense in a way that it has yet to be treated in a long time like we talked about the the lacking the lack on this team as far as wide receiver. We talked about the lack on this team as far as offensive line. These are all things that we saw going in going out of last season and into this season. So all that off time we're picking up defensive weapons, we're getting defensive guys like sweat in the draft when we need to be analyzing offensive threats.
0: And this is this is the thing, right? So Coming into the year, before all the drama had started, one, this we knew, Jay Gruden even knew that this was his last straw. He needed to win now. But this, this, the Redskins weren't in a position to win now. One, we knew we needed a quarterback. Alex Smith, at, at that, that leg injury was horrific mm-hmm. and possibly a career ender. So we needed a quarterback. That was the thing we went out and got Dwayne Haskins that's not the guy he wanted but and and that's the thing and that was known also which made this made all the drama start right it knew everybody knew that Jay Gruden did not want Dwayne Haskins because he knew he needed to win now and Dwayne Haskins needed to develop so that's the first part right there the second part with Trent Williams being out Uh, We signed Eric Flowers to play left guard. We didn't know what we were going to get out of him. He's been actually solid this year, but we don't have our big left tackle there. And the other part of the line, Brandon Sheriff has been okay, but Morgan Moses could obviously play better. So the offensive line needs work. The running back position was mishandled in a personnel situation. Uh, Basically having Adrian Peterson a healthy scratch for that first game, that was a bad decision by Jay Gruden. And the way he's used the running backs, bad decision. We have talent with Terry McLaurin. While uh, Paul Richardson isn't the best wide receiver, he can still be utilized. We have a good slot receiver in Trey Quinn. There are weapons on that team, but we don't have the offensive line to be doing those type of things. And but and we also we didn't have the personnel uses that we should have under Jay Gruden. So whoever we have to come in, They have to have the right mindset on all the coaches altogether, and also be on the same mindset as the upper management and ownership. Because that was the part, and it really is, it's messed up all our coaches in the last, what, the last six or the last coaches that we've had over Dan Snyder. If they haven't had the same mindset as the management and the owner, it's gone downhill. We've seen it, and, and and we saw it with Jay in these first five weeks where he's upset, you know he has to win now, but he didn't get the guys necessarily that he wanted. He couldn't coach those guys. He couldn't adjust to those guys, and that was the downfall. So whoever comes in here has to be on the same page as the owner. And while I know everybody wants to say, uh, well, Dan Snyder needs to sell the team. Trust me, I, I understand, and, I, and I, I get it too. The thing is, you can't make people do that i mean unless the um, the only time we've ever seen someone really like forced to sell a team is when uh the la clippers in the in in basketball right somebody has to get caught doing something somebody has to get in trouble with something for that to happen but i think the first step also is is getting rid of bruce allen i'm not sure how that happens because it seems like he has something on Dan fighter that nobody else has (laughs) <laughs> because he hasn't been fired out of all of this turmoil, but we have to get better man, uh, front, front management. I mean, excuse me, a better front office right now, and a coach who's going to be on the same page, who wants to coach Dwayne Haskins, who wants to develop Dwayne Haskins, and that's going to be the first step. It's going to be a long haul. This is going to be a long, and I don't even want to call it a rebuild, it's going to be a long build. For whoever comes in here.
1: Because,
0: I mean, we we have, like I said, we have the talent on defense. We have skilled player positions on offense that can get the job done. We just need an offensive line. And we need someone who knows how to use that talent.
1: What do you think about Pagano?
0: (sighs) Pagano, I mean, I think he did well in Indianapolis. And the only thing why I'm hesitant of him is... You saw the main thing with Andrew Luck and probably one of the reasons he retired, they took so long getting that offensive line together. Mm. Andrew Luck took so many hits. I mean, his his injury list could be longer than a, a boxer or a, U, a UFC fighter. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So if he did that with Andrew Luck, and obviously, you know that's that's front office um, working with them to get the right players and stuff like that. But it's like, yo, if we can't, if we if you couldn't protect Andrew Luck, how are you going to protect Dwayne Haskins?
1: Well, speaking of protection and possibly athletic training staffs, I just this is a little point I wanted to bring up: the Redskins were ranked. Well, they received the Ed Block Award for NFL Athletic Training Staff of the Year Yikes. in 2018. <laughs> now, I thought this was so interesting because, and I, I hate to, I hate to really um, put people on the spot like that, but this is a team that has—I don't think there's a single position we're not ailing at from a health perspective.
0: In this. To, the thing that's funny about that is Trent Williams, right, he's probably never going to play another down in a Redskins uniform. That That's understood now by yeah. most Redskins fans. We get that. But before that even happened, I want to say like two years ago, I started noticing the trends. I'm like, yo... There are way too many players on IR for our team year after year, and I get it that injuries are—it's something you deal with in the NFL. It happens; it's nobody gets away from injuries. But for it to keep happening to us, it there, I just don't believe that we're the team that continues to draft and sign people that are that that are that uh injury prone because you can't have some players that are just injury prone like sadly with uh with jordan reed it's happened like past just the concussions where he's had injury after injury right that that's a, that is a guy who is injury prone but then you also have to think like well with the other guys that have been put on ir year after year what's going on with the training staff and the the trent williams thing is really spotlighting that and the fact that I have not been seen or heard of the team trying to change that. That has to be somewhat concerning to every Redskins fan, like no matter who we get in here as a coach, no matter who we get in here as a player, they have to worry about are we going to have players for 7, I mean, excuse me, for 16 games or not?
1: Absolutely. And even if they come in healthy, it's not known right. that they're going to make it through the season.
0: It, it's it's mind-boggling. It's it, I've never seen anything like this. And, I mean, even you can really take it all the way back to the RG3 situation, right, and how that was handled in 2012.
1: Awfully. If you
0: have the training staff that knows what they're doing and knows that this guy has a ACL strain, there is no way he should be out there playing in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. He got pressured back out there. And yes, I, you know there were reports that RG three wanted to play too. But it's like, as a training staff, you have to make the best decision for the team and the player long term. And that one situation it seems has started a, a long trend. Because I've been a fan my whole life, and I promise you, before 2012, I didn't see as many injuries as I've seen. Like we. We're talking about this past year started as soon as we started. I think OTAs. What a torn ACL by Ruben Foster. I mean, that would be literally the first day everybody was together. I just don't get it. Uh, this training staff. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But the Trent Williams situation has to highlight it all. And. If Dan Snyder doesn't do something of a change, obviously it's too late to get Trent back. But it's like, if you don't do a change, man, this could possibly happen to Dwayne Haskins down the line, who's supposed to be the future of the franchise, or Terry McLaurin, or any of the guys that we think are going to be a, a vital part of this buildup of this team. You want to protect them if you can. And this training staff, I hate to put them on the spot like this, but it's like, literally no other teams deals deals with this as long as we've dealt with
1: it absolutely and it it looks like the current head athletic trainer he's been in this position since about 2010 so 2010 yeah there's obviously Man. something going on there that the redskins have to pay attention to because you can't have this many injuries it's this is unheard of this is an NFL team you're supposed to have the best trainers the best doctors the best nutritionists
0: It's hard that you have to win
1: football games with play calling, defensive schemes and such, but now you're combating health?
0: And and the the crazy thing is for years, one of the guys who who would do uh, ACL injuries or the the ACL uh, surgeries, Dr. James Andrews, he was on our uh, training set, but I don't know if he still is. He was the team doctor for a while. And it's like how are we supposed to have the best of the best but yet we continually and I, and I understand like I said, it's a physical game, injuries are a part of it, every team's gonna have to deal with it some way or the other. But it's like
1: you can't but not compete. At this magnitude. Not at this magnitude. you can't
0: compete with guys being hurt and there's some there are some instances where like you can't necessarily change, right? The Jordan Reed uh the 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 injury that he has now, the the latest concussion that's nothing we can do about That happened in the speed of the
1: game. Mm-hmm.
0: The Alex Smith broken leg. Mm-hmm. That was a freak accident that you cannot, you can't measure, you can't uh, anticipate. But if you look at our salary cap right now, a lot of the guys who are taking up a lot of it, like when you look at the Alex Smith, Jordan Reed, the, the even Josh Norman now, who hasn't played up to par, he's hurt on the injury list right now, like... Most of those guys are taking up a salary cap, yet they're not playing. So there has to be a decision from the front office to one either get some of the guys who are injury prone out, or 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 you could say and get this training staff replaced because this literally cannot keep happening. It's 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 keeping us from being competitive among a, a host of other things. Injuries are keeping us from being competitive.
1: Speaking of being competitive, something it's been a common thread throughout the season thus far are an inability to play second half football. We come out, that, oh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> we come out, we do well in the first. You saw that even in the Patriots game, you do yep. great in the first half of the game, and then. You come out and you're stale, you're stagnant, and you get your head blown off.
0: That now that comes from something that I've seen since Jay Gruden has been here, he has not been able to do. There there are there's a rare there's a rarity where you can go through the six years Jay Gruden was here and find a game where we won from beginning to end. And I I say that seriously because one of the biggest things that he has had a problem with is just adjustments, right? Because even if you're beating a team in the first half, one, is the NFL. Guys are going to make plays, right? Mm -hmm. So when they go into the halftime locker room, what did we do well? Okay, well, we got them on a lot of check downs, right? We can get people in the flat because they play so much cover three. All right, well, let's start doing that until we can loosen them up. Or, all right, we, we were running the ball well, but we didn't get too many chances at. Let's start Get in the run game and get guys in the uh, in into the box and let's go over top of them. But the thing is, what we don't we don't adjust to their adjustments ever. This, this, since Jay Gruden has been here, or now, obviously now he's gone, we've been horrible at halftime adjustments. I mean, even if we're if we're losing, it's it's magnifying even more. But that Patriots game, for example, right? Nobody first, no one thought we were going to beat the patriots that everybody kind of penciled that as a loss but it yeah. was surprising to see how we played in the first half we go in the locker room come out and it seems like everything that we were doing right the patriots had an answer for and we did not have an answer for their answer and it's happened year after year after year even Uh, even last week, but the thing with last week, the only thing that changed was the quarterback and a veteran quarterback, a veteran quarterback who could understand what we were doing to the Dolphins, and to be honest, the way Fitzpatrick carved carved us up, if Fitzpatrick would have started that game, I I have a feeling that would have been a loss, because... I mean, he just, he, he didn't go in there and do too much, which a lot of times, what Fitzpatrick does, he just looked at the defense and saw what they were giving him, and he took it. I mean, it was that easy for him, and and you could tell the difference between him and Josh Rosen, and it's and no, no offense to Josh Rosen, because Josh Rosen has been drafted and put in situations that I wouldn't want to see for any quarterback, especially mm-hmm. a young quarterback, but you could tell Josh Rosen was holding on to the ball a lot of that game, because he couldn't tell exactly what we were doing, or he couldn't read the defense, or whatever it may have been. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was in there, had the veteran presence, and just took what we gave him. He didn't do too much, and that's the thing that's scary. Fitz didn't even do too much, and he almost beat us. <laughs> like it's, it's 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 crazy, and it's it's uh, that honestly, goes on Greg Minuski, who has been here for the last couple of years, and, and and that's one of the reasons why I think we should go because we haven't. We haven't got, been able to get a defensive coordinator in this building for a while. I mean, we tried to replace Monoski this offseason, and guys just weren't biting. Hmm. It's, it's as simple as that.
1: So is that another contention on why we need a defensive-minded head coach? Because we can't seem to get an assistant coach in? I mean, that's the one of the team reasons.
0: Team. I mean, but now also you have to realize, and you know this too with, with your background in, in football, that Football coaches stick together, right? It is a their
1: staff. It is a staff. business
0: of knowing people, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, your staff sticks together. So, if you have a good, if there is a good offensive coach, right, that we can get who is connected with a a defensive, a good defensive coach, so that can get someone in here, that can uh, actually get production out of this talent. Then I think. Then I think we should we can go that way, but when you look at it, some of the guys that you're naming, right, like with the Kansas City offensive coordinator, I I hate to say it, but I damn sure wouldn't want him to bring anybody from the uh, defensive <laughs> side of the Chiefs um, team because I mean that Chiefs defense is not keeping them in games. Mm-mm. If you want to look at if you want to look at, uh, uh, was a lot of people that started at first was. Who is, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. The offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, Leftwich, Byron Leftwich. People were saying him. Well, I, I really don't I want someone from
1: uh,
0: Tampa Bay. Yeah, he's a quarterback, and he's a and he was a young quarterback, a black quarterback in this league at one point, which I think could be good for Haskins. But still, who would he bring on the defensive side? And, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing, and that's one of the biggest things when anybody is interviewing these head coaches is. You know, you're not really always, even though I want a defensive-minded coach, as a head coach, you're not always going to be hands-on with whatever side of the ball. You have to be, you know, you have to be a manager of sorts. And people say it a lot of times, and it's true, to be a head coach, you have to be a leader of men. Right? So you got to get people to do their jobs or, or get more out of them. And I think if we can have a defensive-minded head coach, that's going to help to start with the build-up of this team. Because that's where we have the most talent right now.
1: Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, but I would honestly, not as a head coach, but I'm just talking about, this team needs development. Like you said, we need to build. Not rebuild, but build. And a guy who I think can be put in a position to build this offense. I'm not from a head coach perspective, because I don't think he's quite ready for that, and he might not be willing to come back to the NFL at all. But Kiffin, I think that Lane Kiffin would be a Mm -hmm. great offensive coordinator for the Redskins.
0: A coordinator, I could see it. I could see it. I just don't know if I trust him with the head coaching experience. And then another, I I don't see him
1: as a head coach.
0: Yeah, and then another reason why is because if you look at. The um the Cardinals, right? You bring in a guy who Cliff Kingsbury, who didn't have a lot of success as a head coach uh, in college, but he had a system that would fit Kyler Murray. And this is where it goes back to having that one game, and I know a defensive mind coach would have that one game. The Cardinals right now they're airing it out, but they're not winning a lot of games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The last two games, what they beat the Bengals. And the Falcons, whose secondary is, is is just out of sorts right now, right? Because they're yeah. just airing it out. And I just don't think you win in this league like that. You can have you you should have a quarterback who can make all the throws. Yes, right. You should be able to pass the ball, but running the ball or having a balanced attack, keeping a defense honest—that is a real thing, and it's it's the reason why you see the teams year after year be so good. Like if you look at. The, the Patriots, yes, they have Tom Brady. He is the greatest of all time. But if you look at the seasons past, they have always had either a running back that they could trust and give the ball to uh, a lot of times in a game, or had a committee where they have a lot of guys who do something, or have that you know that guy like a Dion Lewis in the past, or a James White of the present, right? Or they they. That's a team that's always been balanced, but people focus on the quarterback so much in this league, and, and focus on Tom Brady, and, and rightfully so, but that team has always been balanced. That's That's been something that they've always had. They've always had either a good running back or a good running back committee. So it's like, having, and they also have one of the best defensive head coaches ever, this point Blake, and Bill Belichick. He has always had a good defense. I don't know if you can ever look back and and see where there was a year where they lacked on defense. That he doesn't allow that to happen. So that's why I think that's the the blueprint right there of any good team in this in this league.
1: Any good team needs a defense. I don't know how quickly a defense is going to come together because I honestly thought that we were going to have a amazing defense this season. But due to injuries and lackluster uh, decision-making by Manusky and such, that has not happened. But that's the reason
0: right there. And and when you look at, and I want to bring it back to the Falcons for a second, that Falcons secondary, right, It's, it's trash. Everybody can see that. The product they are putting on is very bad. But they still have talent in that secondary, so it makes no sense why they're so bad except for the coaching, right? Quinn. He fired his, from what I understand, he fired his defense coordinator, got another one in there. But he is running the defensive play calling, and it has gotten worse. It, it has gotten worse. And it's like, it comes from coaching. They, the, when you look at it, they have just, that, that Texans game where Watson had five touchdowns. There were several times where Will Fuller was just unguarded. Because people were not talking, people were not disciplined. And that goes back to the Redskins. People are not the, um, defensive backs are not talking on the back end they are not disciplined and sometimes it's just flat out confusion that first game in, in uh against the eagles in week one i don't know how many times i saw defensive backs <laughs> looking around with their hands up looking for the signal or confused on what's happened when a guy motions like that comes from the time in the preseason and the um, defense that's being implemented. There's too much talent on that defensive side for us to be as bad as we are.
1: Yeah. You have a guy who came in like Landon Collins and you're fully expecting him to be a superstar for you. And I don't know if I can put it all on Landon Collins.
0: No. I mean and the thing is, and yeah, we gave him a lot of money. I know a lot of people were like, well, he's a safety and you don't want to give a safety that much money. If you do, you want to see him with the turnovers and, and all of that. But the thing is that's not what Landon Collins does. Landon Collins got bring yeah, he, he got brought in to help with the run defense, which he has, but it's like that's still not enough because the way that we run our defense, the way that we use our personnel. Greg Minuski, I'm not sure what Bill Callahan well, why Bill Callahan didn't let him go. I, I somewhat get it being an interim coach, right? Because you're not going to bring a coach midseason. And this doesn't happen on any side of the ball. Mm-hmm. You may upgrade somebody, but you uh, on the like uh, one of the position coaches, but you won't bring someone in mid-year. year. So maybe that's why, but Minuski, I mean, he has got to go. He (laughs) he literally almost lost us the game for that Dolphins game uh, last week. We played soft coverage the entire time that last drive. And once again, Fitzpatrick didn't have to do anything extra. He just found the open guy underneath every single time, drove down the field and scored a touchdown. I'm going to have to hold you.
1: I'm going to have to hold you right there. We're going to come back and discuss what Kyle Shanahan had to say about his time with the Redskins. Welcome back, everyone. And we are here discussing what Kyle Shanahan had to say about his time with the Redskins. He was basically, like, good riddance. Yeah, and
0: with that, obviously, you know, he said one of the biggest things was, you know, coaches with his dad. And they asked him what was the worst part of being in Washington. He said everything else. And I can somewhat get it, right? Because fans were upset while, while the Shanahans were here because they had that one year in 2012 that was good. 2013 was a disaster. The drama came out in that locker room between Dan Snyder, RG3, and, the, uh, and Mike Shanahan. Uh, if you look the years before, which is Rex Grossman at quarterback and, and Donovan McNabb, I mean, that's not going to do you a lot right there. So I think... While he was in Washington, Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan were never eye to eye with front office and, and the ownership. And while that does fall a lot on the front office and the ownership, it's like it's one of those things where if those two things collide, it won't be a good team. Coach after coach, it's collided. We have to find someone in here. Was going to be on the same note as the front office and ownership. It's it's simple because at the end of the day, while the front office can be changed, the ownership can't. No, it's like like we said, it's it is is what it is, and it's sad to say we can't change it. It's it's literally nothing we can do. I mean, unless Dan Snyder comes out here and, and gets caught in some type of controversy, it's nothing we can do about that. So, and I think. Snyder has to, at some point, understand the best owners in the league, they don't step in on every decision. They don't. And, I, and to be honest, to be frankly honest, in the last couple of years, up until the Dwayne Haskins thing, I'd say in the last two to three years, he has not stepped in as much. And then the Dwayne Haskins debacle happened. And I, trust me, I, I like Haskins. And, and I think he can thrive here, but It soured this season when he stepped in and decided that he wanted Haskins. Because it started the rift between him and Jay Gruden and the front office and everything. But also, when you look at it, Tiffany, I I don't know anybody, any quarterback that I've seen on that roster. I mean, out of the uh, draft this past year.
1: I'm not sure who he would have picked. Drew Locke? (laughs) No. Daniel Jones was gone. Haskins was the only guy to take. He was the only guy right. it, was, and I... it
0: was. It was three guys coming into the draft that people looked at as the top pick because of what they did, right? Kyler Murray was having that... But
1: he was going too early. Hiding.
0: Right. Go, we know what it was with that. And then Daniel Jones, who was a starter at Duke under Peyton Manning's old coach. That's To be honest, that's why he got the biggest hype that he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we have Dwayne Haskins, who through fifty touchdowns in one season starting.
1: You have to take Dwayne Haskins. There is no other There was there
0: was no other option.
1: There's no other universe where you don't take Dwayne Haskins. But with right. that but being said
0: <laughs> But to be honest, you also know that also comes from why why Jay Gruden didn't want him. Jay Gruden knew he had to win now. That's one thing. Two, Jay Gruden knew if we pick him we have to develop him. That's one thing that, to be honest, I don't know if Jay Gruden can necessarily do. I if, When you look at his history, right? He couldn't develop Robert Griffin III into a passer.
1: Jay Gruden, at develop, this point, at any he, point this season, last season, I don't think he... Well, I'm not going to say last season, because he, he did select the trade, or he was a part of the trade. They brought Alex Smith, and it was up, and it yeah, was, down. Alex Smith
0: was Alex Smith was a veteran. Alex Smith had been in this league for a while. Alex Smith didn't need any development.
1: No. He was
0: a plug and play guy. I don't think, and I'm being quite honest, I don't think Jay Gruden can develop a quarterback.
1: I don't when think you so look either. at Andy
0: Dalton in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton has been the same guy year after year. There has been no like literally <laughs> there has been no there has been no year where it's like, gosh, Andy Dalton is elite. He's Even guy. when Jay Gruden was there. Right? Yeah. And when you look at it, Kirk Cousins, I wanted Kirk Cousins gone after like that second year. It's like, it is what it is with him. We are not going to get better with him. And like he's not going to get farther than what he is.
1: Like, and the Vikings Kirk Cousins is a that. starting
0: NFL quarterback, but he's not better than that. Like That's it. He's just a starting NFL quarterback. Literally it. And Jay Gruden couldn't develop him past that. I don't think he can develop a quarterback. And that's why he didn't want half him. He knows that's too hard of a job for
1: him. And that's why he's out. Now, if Jason Garrett is not the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys by the end of the year, do you think he's someone that can work with Dan Snyder? Because that is that is what we come to the conclusion of. A coach has to be able to work with Dan Snyder. And I think that's why right. I, um, our GM as it is as it is, is because he gets along with Snyder. And so... Do you think that Garrett? I'm just trying to put it in a scenario where mm. we could possibly get a coach that can do something with this team, um, and it's a coach that is all—is he kind of even kill offense defense? I think, yeah, he, yeah he's kind of even kill. Do you think he can? What I will out? say,
0: and I, I'm not necessarily sure, I, I like a Garrett hiring. What I will say though is, I don't think I've seen a time where jason garrett and jerry jones isn't on the same page exactly so
1: they might he that, might that, not be going that's anywhere like the one
0: plus in his book
1: yeah
0: like it and like we've said i mean if you're going to come in to washington and, and be the head coach you've got to be on the same page as the owner it's it's something that we can't we can't fight anymore it's, it's something that we understand it's because it, it won't be changed but you got to be on the same page and and any coach and really it's it's hard to really imagine any coach having to deal so much with the owner on that type of level, but any time Jerry Jones comes out and says something, you never hear Jason Garrett right having a pushback on that. And that can be seen as a good or a bad thing, but when it comes to working with the ownership in in uh, in Washington, I mean if, if that's the case, but also it's a long season. Uh, I'm not sure Jason Garrett would necessarily be available, and it's a long season. I'm not sold on the Eagles. I'm not sold on the Cowboys, but I know for sure the Giants You're not and the Skip Bayless? aren't winning.
1: Huh? You're not Skip Bayless? So, wait, 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 wait. Skip Bayless is what? <laughs> Skip, Skip said the Cowboys are going all the way.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I have no idea about that, but I do think that the only two teams in the NFC East that have a chance at winning this division is the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Eagles secondary is porous right now. <laughs> and the Cowboys, their defense, once again, like kind of like us, has a lot of talent, but hasn't shown it in Can't the games where they need it. Right. They, they haven't put it together yet in the games where they need it. But if it's anybody that I would bet on, and, and it sounds bad as a Redskins team, but just logically looking... Like, I think the Cowboys probably have the best chance to win this division. You have a guy one, you have all the talent on defense. I'm talking secondary, uh linebackers, the the front end with the with the defensive linemen, they have the talent there. When you look at the offense, Dak is more than a capable capable quarterback when you have a guy like Zeke Elliott to hand it off to. And they if they don't get away from that. And if the offensive line stays healthy this year, we all know Cowboys have had one of the best offensive lines, at least rushing offensive lines, that we've seen in the league for years. So, talent-wise, the Cowboys have the best chance, but it's if they can put it together. And it's like we know it's a two—it's a two-team race right now. The Giants are what they are, even with Daniel Jones even being Daniel Jones. somewhat good. The Giants are what they are, and we are what we are, the Redskins. So it's like, it's a two-team race, and the fact that the Eagles secondary looks so bad is the reason why I feel like the, the Cowboys are probably going to get the edge in this division.
1: I think even the even Cowboys if they don't go have far the weapons, the if they're able to come together as a team. I think that's been their biggest issue this season, they have games where they're just not on one accord, that's offensive and offensively and defensively, they just don't play right together. Yeah. So I is, mean... Oh, go ahead. Is Scary Terry with a quarterback other than... Well, no, I'm just going to say. If Scary Terry had a serious NFL starting quarterback, is mm-hmm. Scary Terry the rookie of the year? To be
0: honest, I think he's rookie of the year either Because when you look at it, Case Keenum had a horrible game against the Dolphins. People don't want to. And, and to be honest, he hasn't looked good in any of the games we've really played. The stats look good, have or have but looked good. But if you good. watch
1: the game, but you're like, if you watch you're the game,
0: mistake. you notice that half of that stuff comes in, in garbage time. In the Dolphins game, he looked horrible against a team where Xavier Howard wasn't even playing, right? But he had 166 yards, right? He had he was 13 to 28, 13 to 25, one of those. 100 of those 166 yards went to Terry McLaurin. So that tells me right there, one, he's a good enough route runner where he's going to get open. He doesn't have to rely on his speed, but he has good speed too, and he has good hands. So it's like any quarterback we put in there, it's like just feed him. He's almost like, obviously not size-wise, but just how you can count on him, he's almost like DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I don't care who's at quarterback, just throw him the ball. Like he, mm-hmm. he's he's that good right now. He has five touchdowns. That is tied for second in the NFL in receiving touchdowns behind uh, Chris Godwin. Who I don't know if that's going to continue with Chris Godwin. He's having a great year, but the guy throwing him the quarterback, James Winston, is sporadic, and everyone knows that. So it's like
1: Man, I think he's offensive
0: that. rookie of the year either way.
1: Yeah, I think that he has a big chance of getting there. I don't know if, but when it's all said and done, if he'll beat out a Gardner Minshew at this rate or a Kyler but Murray. The thing,
0: the thing is, though, is like Gardner Minshew, he's had some good fourth fourth quarter drives, he has, um, and then things like that in fourth quarter performances. But it's like
1: he has yeah, a celebrity, a one, though, right?
0: And it's, it's not and when you look at his numbers, it's not huge numbers. The thing that Ty McLaurin is doing, he's scoring. Like, he's, he's getting open against guys that, like, even the Patriots game where he didn't score, he was getting open on Stephen Gilmore, who's one of the best he, quarterbacks in the, in the league this year.
1: He's super talented, but I'm saying when it comes to the celebrity of Minshew and Murray, That's, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be able to pull it out because of that. Because he doesn't necessarily then, have a celebrity.
0: I, I get that, and also it's a quarterback-driven league. I, I understand that. The other thing, though, with those guys is: Can Cliff Kingsbury get Kyler Murray to do what he did against the bad teams, against the good teams? Because mm. that's going to matter, right? When it's, when it comes to, because to be honest, it's almost like a uh, Rookie of the Year is like a stat-driven thing when you when you look at it, and especially for quarterbacks, is is kind of going to be able to put up those stats. And Gardner Minshew rarely puts up like really mind-boggling stats. When you look at his, when you really look at the way he plays, like, they have Leonard Fournette to hand the ball back to, and they, they do that a lot, trust me. So, that thing that's going to be the thing that hinders Garnam issue, is, is the fact they give it off to Leonard Fournette so much. The thing that's going to hinder or or at least make or break Kyler Murray's year, is if he can do this against the good teams. If he can, then it's going to be hard for for Terry McLaurin to win that offensive rookie year because it's a quarterback-driven league. But if Kyler Murray stays on the course that he is, I think that Terry McLaurin is in that number one spot. Another guy, though, in the rookie of the year that I think people should at the very least look at is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders.
1: Yes. That kid in Alabama, back is—he's different. He, he, he is—he's outstanding.
0: <laughs> he's on a team that we don't know what they're really gonna do this year. They're like right, like we don't really know what the Raiders are yet. But it's like if they keep handing him the ball,
1: they got a chance. With Antonio and Brown, just, they were a definitely a playoff team. I'll say that. Yeah. I don't know if at this point they'll be able to keep up the momentum, but the Raiders look good.
0: They do, and like I said, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know what they are right now. But that's because it's the first part of the season. It's a long year, but McTerry McLaurin though he's he's on the right path, and I, I don't care who's in there quarterback. Some just throw him the ball. And also another thing, when it Dwayne Haskins, right? Just to bring it full circle, like if if Dwayne Haskins had got to play against the Giants with Terry McLaurin, I think that game would have gone a little bit better. I I, I truly do because one. They had the chemistry, right? They had the timing because they played in college. I think that game would have gone a little bit better. Dwayne Haskins did not have a lot of timing and chemistry with those other receivers because, one, Jake Gruden did not let him practice with the first team, which a lot of backups don't do. I get it. But also, in the preseason, something that I saw nobody was saying anything about, at no point— did Jay Gruden ever put him in the preseason against first string players just to see what you have in him.
1: But he threw him to Never. the fire. He
0: always played He always played against the second stringers.
1: But he threw him to the fire in that uh, Giants game.
0: Without a doubt. he. Tiffany, that was the first time Dwayne Haskins had seen live first team reps. Ever. You're throwing a game where we're losing and <laughs> the first time seeing live First team reps, that, that 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 was a horrible decision by Jay Gruden. And I get it. People were calling for it. People people wanted that to happen. I, I understand. People wanted Dwayne Haskins. Hell, I wanted Dwayne Haskins, but I knew that it was going to take some time. You just don't do that. You don't. You just don't do that. Because
1: you actually defeat the purpose of sitting him when you throw him in like that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like, and then another thing, and I get it with uh, with you want Dwayne Haskins to learn, right, by sitting, which is a smart thing to do. But when you look at the, the quarterbacks who did sit, right, look at who they sat behind. They either sat mm. behind a quarterback who was like them or was better than them.
1: Mm.
0: And my argument Rodgers, is,
1: Brett what is Dwayne
0: Haskins <laughs> going to learn sitting behind Case Keenum?
1: Hmm.
0: because Case Keenum right now is playing garbage and the only time he can play good is in garbage time where the other defense doesn't care so my thing is is like what is he learning from the guy in front of him right so That's he, he sat for basically a whole year behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith is not the same quarterback as Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes could learn behind Alex Smith. Why? Because Alex Smith does not turn the ball over, and that was one of the things with Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. He was a gunslinger. Sometimes he made decisions where he shouldn't have, and he was able to learn behind Alex Smith when and when not to make some throws. And I think that was a good idea to sit him that year. And it's like, what? I, I, I can't see... Throughout this year, because it's—is it turnovers? Because Case Keenum he can turn the ball over. Is it accuracy? Because Case Keenum's pretty inaccurate. Like, what is he learning behind Case Keenum?
1: I think that the biggest concern, and this was a concern that I had, is you're gonna put Dwayne Haskins in the game for the season. You're gonna you're gonna start him out this season. You have an opportunity here to turn him into possibly a a winner, or somebody that can come out and be a star for them, or you can play him and he can turn into every other draft pick that came to a team without an offensive line and without proper wide receivers and turned into a complete bust.
0: And I get it. I get it. I get it. And that's why one of the reasons why you shouldn't play is that offensive line and we don't have Trent Williams, our best player. But it's also to the point where at this point in the NFL, when you do draft a quarterback, you got to see what you have, and you also have to get him first-team reps because you're, you cannot simulate that in practice. Especially nowadays, where you're not really having pads on for every practice, um, you're not, you're not, you're not going full speed in practice. Bill Callahan is trying to change a couple things, where we are going a little bit faster, right, in practice and things like that. But it's like you cannot simulate game reps. This yeah. year is lost. That is, and it, it was, it was kind of lost before we started. But this year it is lost, and I think at some point he has got to start to play because if you are going to start C- Case Keenum throughout the year, you can't give him a lot of first-team reps in, uh, during the week because you need your starter to be ready. That's the one, that's one thing, but it's so it's like when is he actually going to get it, and it can't be again. In a time where he has to come in for Case Keenum because Case Kingdom is trash and, and the coach just can't stand it, he can't, it. It be, can't that. be that again. It should it have can't. been. He has to be ready for it.
1: it. It should have possibly been that Miami Dolphins game because that's a team that oh, isn't yeah. necessarily going to pose that big of a threat.
0: Like it, that was probably the best place to to start him. And when you look at it and you look at the rest of our schedule, I don't know what game that becomes anymore. But at some point, you've got to make the decision to make sure just to see him get the reps. Because that's the only thing that's going to get you better is experience. And you can't simulate that in practice or preseason, really.
1: Alright. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, Isaiah. I appreciate no problem. You. and um we're going for Terry for rookie of the year. Let's put our votes in. <laughs> hey, listen, if he
0: can if he can get loose from Richard Sherman at least one time one time, you know, for a touchdown. I, I think that's gotta stand for something. That's one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league, possibly a Hall of Famer. So I right, let's see if we can do this week and I think that's gonna help his chances.
1: Oh, one final question, right? Brandon mm-hmm. Bean. The GM for the Buffalo Bills. I don't see him leaving because I think he's doing well at Buffalo and they love him and they have to because he completely redid that entire team. But, yeah, say hypothetically, I, the, what they're doing in Buffalo is
0: one of the same things where it's like, you know, you start off by like getting a defense, uh, somewhat of a rushing attack by committee, and you got a young quarterback. And I think they want to try to keep as much of that coaching staff and as much of that team together as possible. So I just don't see that happening unless something drastic happens with the Bills.
1: All right. Well, you heard it here. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Isaiah. No, thank
0: you. All
1: right. Well, while we are thankful to have Isaiah on this show, we appreciate you guys for continuing to tune in to Rile Up. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are riled up to bring you the hottest redskin topics with a twist. Again, I'm your host, Tiffany Hoy, and this is Riled Up. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at TTLegend. That's T-T-L-E-G-E-N-D. And remember to stay riled up. Engage with me on Instagram. You could be the next person on the show.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.